We know the kitchen is where it all goes on. We chew the fat, make all of life's big decisions and eat straight from the tin when no one's watching. Join me, Anna Barnett, as I head straight to the heart of our guest home, where I swoon over interiors. I'm impressed by the sheer scale of a fridge and cover the most organised of freezers. We dig deep. Discuss career highs, career lows, condiment shelves and so much more. There's of course plenty of serious food chat. Each week we'll finish things off with our guests' best sandwich efforts and possibly a snoop in their fridge. Today's episode finds me sat at one of the most sought-after tables in London's restaurant scene. I'm sat amongst the burning embers and open grill that have become so synonymous of my Welsh guest's celebrated style. Any evidence of its previous use as a seedy strip joint has long gone. Wooden panelling, an informal dining bar and an open kitchen complete this seasonally focused, Basque-inspired, Michelin-starred restaurant. Hailed a favourite of the critics and everyone from Nigella Lawson to David Beckham and Brad Pitt, almost every guest we've had on the podcast so far means I'm very lucky to be here. Today, I can be more thrilled to be in the kitchen of Tomas Parry, creator, co-owner and head chef of Brat. Hi. Hi. Hi, Anna. How, How are, you? are you? Good, thanks. Good. Yeah, it's nice to be back in the kitchen. Oh God. So, I mean, I feel like before I start reeling off all my favorite brat dishes, um, I just wanted to touch on how it's been as a restaurateur and like in, you know, throughout the pandemic and throughout this crazy time. Yeah, it's been, I mean, certainly it's been challenging, like it has for everyone in different ways. Um, I think, you know, that as far as kitchens go, people, we work, you know, decent hours. We enjoy being around people, serving people, entertaining people. And just having that removed overnight is quite a tricky thing to have. Um, you know, lots of restaurants have pivoted and kind of created, you know, let's say takeaway offerings and everything, but nothing quite replaces, you know, greeting your guests and seeing people come in and enjoy their meal and, you know, having like magic moments happen in restaurants. So it's very tricky, but, um, you know, luckily our team have been fantastic and really positive and we've, you know, kept in touch. We try to do a lot of teamwork over, you know, the Zooms and all that kind of thing. And um, we also created a new project in Hackney, which um, which has worked really well. So that's Clemson's Arch, right? Yeah, it's the Clemson's Arch restaurant, yeah. We can totally talk about that more shortly. Hold on. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of briefly touched on the fact that you moved to London at 25, starting out at River Cafe. Correct me if I get any of these things wrong. Starting out at River Cafe before going on to work at Noma, the Ledbury, Clemson's Arch, before joining a team of three at Kitty Fishers. Have I missed anything in there? No, no, that's, yeah, that's right. So basically I was working, um, I went to university in Cardiff in, in Wales. And then while I was at... Um, university doing politics and history yeah i, I was cooking uh, for free actually in in probably like the in my opinion the best restaurant in, in cardiff but i was yeah. working for free and i was learning there on the job and to be honest with you i was started to like i was basically in the kitchen every day like right. missing lectures you know missing seminars and whatever so then it kind of it became quite clear what i wanted to do so okay. i just i finished my degree and then i went straight into that kitchen really so it was um called lake alois in cardiff and it was um which means the Welshman in, in Welsh. And I was very lucky to, I don't know, it was a good timing because there was a very good chef there at the time. And we just, uh, it was just, you know, when things just come together at the right point, because um, I'm not sure if, if it was five years earlier, that chef wouldn't have been there, but he was a great mentor. Yeah. So I worked there for three, three four years, 
kind of learning the basics for really. For free, for three weeks. No, no, sorry, okay, no, no. Cool. after university. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Def- okay. Definitely wasn't for free after uni. No. Yeah. I, was, I was pretty skint. So, um, so you know, I learned, you know, fairly from the basics up yeah. uh, in Cardiff. And then, unfortunately, that chef left. So then I decided to move to London. Right, and that's right, when right. it kind of, yeah, then I Kicked had this, off. yeah, different experiences. Do you feel like, um, th- I mean, when I was kind of going through your history of kind of work that you know is this the first time in like the last decade that you've not been in a kitchen like is this the longest yeah stint? it's true yeah it's it, 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 yeah a lot of chefs are saying the same thing like yeah. a lot of my fr- chef friends um are spending time with their families I was gonna which say, is, what are you doing yeah it's, exactly it's kind of it's 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 cool it's 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 strange feeling but it essentially it's, it's good right you do get to spend time kind of maybe focusing a little bit on yourself and stuff like that but yeah um is your wife taking yeah. full advantage of this? Have you yeah. got a lot of kind of yeah. duties around the house, maybe more than you would ordinarily? Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> we're eating quite well at home because, you know, I'm getting, you know, I'd like to, you know, like testing things out at home, which is cool. But we had a, um, we have our two kids at home, one's four years old and one, um, so my son is four years old and uh, my daughter who is, who was born the second day of lockdown one. Sorry, so that is, she's nearly... Yeah, she's she's a year old. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, um, so it's um, that was it's been quite an interesting year with yeah. a newborn in the house and and a toddler. So, but kind of amazing because maybe you wouldn't have got yeah. that opportunity to uh, spend that, yeah. that time it's, with her. And, yeah. and it, when you're them. in it, it's kind of hard sometimes, right? Because it's so it's quite intense. But then you know, in years to come, it'll be one of those times where I, I would be very appreciative of of this time. Yeah, it's it's really it's it's it is nice. Yeah, it's nice hectic do you have like a newfound appreciation for everything your wife does uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah i'd like to think i was doing my, a little bit before as well but i uh, know it, it definitely it's it's um no it, it's special and you know you get to build a you know special relationships with your kids and stuff so it's, it's cool and then, i think i actually yeah. bumped into you on the street uh down by will mate on your birthday yeah oh, with yeah. idris you going out to get cakes and goodies to yeah it, my birthday is basically his birthday right that's what yeah. he, he he knows it he it's like it's cakes right so <laughs> and he knows where violet cakes is i mean he's quite a lucky boy you know because when i was growing up in wales he certainly didn't have a cake shop as good as violet cakes yeah. just down the road so in hackney as, as you know, we have that shop very close by, which yeah. is run by Claire and, you know, it's a phenomenal cake shop. And, you know, he just walks out the house, he knows exactly where it is, which street, which corner you turn around. Good lad. And yeah, yeah he's, <laughs> he knows what he's doing. So um, yeah, on my birthday, he he basically said, we're going to the cake shop. I was like, great, okay, fine. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's very different to me growing up, that's for sure, you know. <laughs> um. I was going to say to you that I'm actually quite proud to say that my last um, meal out pre this third and hopefully final lockdown um, was here. And we, I feel like I ate so much. It feels like every time you come, you have to try something new, but you also are so committed to previous dishes that you've tried and enjoyed that you can't not have those as well. So uh, it was a very long lunch, but, uh, and we also tried the, there was like a rice pudding dish on with chestnut and quince, was oh, it, that yeah, we tried that was, yeah, was, quite, yeah, that was dish, yeah. so yeah. delicious, a brown bread ice cream that I was just, mm. I mean, I wasn't even going to order two extra desserts, but we were like, well, let's just get them as a kind of floater for the table, that kind of thing, just to try them. Um, and it was all delicious, but the most amazing thing was to bring a friend that hasn't eaten here. Right. And she is a massive foodie and totally greedy as we are. But she, um, it was just really amazing seeing like her appreciation for the food and the menu and to like see someone kind of eat 
this food that I kind of try and come and eat as often as possible. No, that's, that's just... nice to yes, yeah, nice to hear. I think it's one of those things when I'm building the menu here. It's um, I do like to keep a lot of dishes on in for the same reasons as when I say go to my favorite restaurant in the Basque Country or anywhere in the world really, but mainly like the Basque Country because that's our main kind of source of inspiration. I do like going there and having the same thing every time, and that's not because like um, you know. <laughs> because I'm not trying anything else but there's something really nice about going to my favorite bar in San Sebastian ordering I don't know specific cheesecake in one bar a grilled bread in another bar this anchovy toast thing they do in another bar like so then obviously you try new things when you're there as well but there's I've always enjoyed that in restaurants yeah. so if I go back to St John's I'll, I'll, I'll have some classics with the new stuff as well I just think like there's something comforting about it I'm, you know, I'm always, we're always trying to innovate like the way we use the grill and things, but I do think the menu balance is really exciting when you have like classics on there as well. Um, I'd I'd be so upset to to come back and not be able to have the smoked cods row. Yeah. Um, Also the anchovy breads. Um, Also the crab, the, um, the crab with rice dish. Oh, right. Yeah. That's that's quite new. Yeah. So that's a, yeah, that's the dish inspired by Japanese way of cooking crabs. So they cook crab directly on top of rice. So then all the roasting juices go into yeah. the, to the rice. And also kind of Basque inspired as well. Um, but and like we, all the crispy bits around the edge of the yeah, like, cast yeah. iron so that's dish. kind of, like, I guess, paella inspired as well. There's right? so, yeah, so, there's yeah. some kind of cross-contamination of all the good things. Yeah, but, hopefully, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was furious about having to share that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Are you ever surprised by people's reaction to the food that you serve here? Definitely. I mean, it's, it's you know, ever since you start, you know, something like you have a concept in your head and, you know, it, I kind of generally create restaurants that I, or menus that I would like to eat. I know that's, I'm sure lots of people say that, but it is, it is true. So then it's, you know, I'm always surprised when other people are into the same kind of dishes and the way of eating as I would enjoy. But like, um, it's really positive. The, the kitchen is, sorry, the restaurant is open, right? So you've got the, the pass there um, just with, and the guests are very, like a meter away. So you're really involved with that. Yeah. So we really wanted to keep that going so you could have like... Um, it's such a buzz in here. Yeah, like you- so you kind of, the kitchen and the dining room kind of blend in. So yeah. the energy comes from the fire and the grills. And essentially, when you come up the stairs here, um, you know, I kind of and thought at the beginning, it takes a lot for people to actually commit to going up the stairs. It's like a small doorway, yeah. dark stairway. And I thought it's very important that all the five senses essentially are kind of engaged when you come up the stairs. So you can kind of hear the fire, smell the fire. Then when you come in, you see the fires. And then so obviously then you can taste it all. And then you can also hear it as well, like yeah. all the crackling of the fire. So just to kind of like those elements of like, what an open dining space does to yeah. the room. I think it's a nice, yeah. It adds a, you know, makes the space very dynamic. Totally. I always think when um, when we like when I go out on a date night with my husband, like our favorite spot is always kind of if you can get that bar spot that's like in yeah, front okay, of the kitchen yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. like watching it all unfold. And I don't know, there's something like quite engaging about that. I don't yeah, know I think so. I think when you have so we so in this space here, as you saw, like I mean, you explained in the. Uh, introduction about it being a strip club beforehand and uh i mean none of us ever came to it yeah, i mean no, it's been yeah. here for years but. yeah, <laughs> yeah some, some some people come in and they're like oh i'm sure i've been in here before and i'm looking at them like <laughs> you're like oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay and then i then i kind of subtly usually, them up. you know i just kind of like subtly going yeah it used to be a strip club actually and the guys normally the guys go oh no it must not be the right place in front of I'm like, oh, yeah 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 <laughs> 
But if you if you look at table forty, where like this next to the window over there, that you see the outline of um, where the stage is to be is like a semicircle thing. So it's also like it's quite it's quite a lot of history here. It's quite funny actually. Um, but this is all the same floor, the same wood paneling. But this bar down the middle of the restaurant, like you see behind here, is it wasn't there, but we wanted to have the bar feel. So what you're talking yeah. about, the bar, yeah, yeah, we just plunked it right in the middle of the, of the room. So actually, we didn't know how it was going to work, but because you have the kind of open bar thing, but I think it works. Yeah. Quite cool. And do you, you normally keep the bar bit for walking. Yeah, generally. Yeah, which I, wanna, yeah like, have that energy. Yeah. 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 And I like that you can be slightly opportunist and think, oh, do you know what? Maybe yeah. I will be able to get a little spot. Like I've popped in on like a Tuesday or something. I don't know. And mm. you've like, just been like, oh, maybe I could just pop in and just have a couple of dishes. <laughs> exactly, and like, yeah. you can sit up there on your own and just like, yeah, well, that's, that's it really, isn't it? I think restaurants are like, uh, you kind of want them to be somewhere that people can go and like have some alone time as well as share time with other people, right? So like a bar space. And again, having the restaurant, because sometimes you have like a quieter lunch, right? So maybe earlier in the week, you're, like your lunch is maybe a bit quieter, but you can come in and sit here by yourself and because the kitchen is open and you can see the guys working and the team, then you never feel like you're by yourself, you know? So, so, so hopefully that's nice. Yeah. How would you describe the food you're serving up here? Um, what do you think is at the core of the success of it? Uh, so it's essentially we, we, we look at it as Basque inspired, like grill cooking, right? But like with like kind of some of the Celtic influences from my Welsh background. Um, but we, you know, majority, you know, everything we use really is British. But I just like the approach of um, when you're in these Basque bars of like something just prepared very simply, but um, with a lot of care and um I don't know, there's a word that we that I like to use in the kitchen, which is, you know, like terroir of where things come from. So um, it's normally applied to food, so to wine, wine, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, but I like to, you know, to apply it to the food as well. So the dish tastes of like, if you can notice the terroir where it comes from, then I'm like, I'm quite happy. So if you do a dish and it tastes like a million miles away from what it, where it comes from, then I feel like that's not my kind of thing. It's I like it. Yeah, for, for me anyway, obviously yeah. that's not, that's just the way we do things at, at Bratz. Um, so I noticed it a lot when we were in the, um, the bars in, on, you know, the kind of beach bars in Spain where in the Basque country, I mean, that the fishermen would all eat in the bars and then they would kind of compete over like, this guy's got some red mullet from this bay and this guy's got some red mullet from the other bay. And then they would serve them all for lunch. And then everyone would just be think like in competition, which one's better because the one fisherman thinks the bay is has a tastier uh, fish yeah. because of the terroir of where it comes from. The other guy didn't. So I, I never heard this before. Like people, fishermen like fighting over yeah. or arguing over whose fish tastes better because they knew a secret spot. Yeah. And I thought that's such a cool approach, you know, it's such a passion and also fun really because yeah. they're just getting drunk, drinking like chackily wine and yeah, yeah. just having a bit of fun over who fish tastes better. And, you know, it, it's it's cool. Like that's the, and like, that kind of simplicity to it. They weren't really fighting over whose chefy techniques were the best or it's this and that. Produce. It's, yeah, produce, but also like where it comes from, the hard work they put into it in the morning and then they have a drink and like have a bit of like friendly competition about it in the afternoon when they've done their morning's work. And I just thought if we can kind of capture some of that with our simplicity of like grilled fish here, then I'd be quite happy. Um, yeah. And I guess like the whole grilled turbot comes from there as well. The whole idea of um, sharing a whole fish like that isn't really that British, I guess. Yeah. We don't really do it in that way. Um, I'd say it's Italian and 
maybe Spanish and Japanese, where you would order a whole fish and kind of rip it apart, essentially. Yeah. Um, so I just like the idea of being able to kind of talk over food and just yeah. kind of... It's very like communal dining. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also I never really, I kind of like the idea of like, you know, people come together and talking over food. So dishes are all designed so that you're, you can actually eat a lot of them with your hands. And in the sense of you can kind of, uh, I love, I love a lot of restaurants, which are not like rats, of course. So where like you're just in the dish and then you have to kind of eat the dish all to yourself and then kind of that goes away then where I think at Brat, I like the idea of like the dishes all come down and you can kind of make up your own plates yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know it's this kind of sharing plate idea, which everyone talks about, but I mean, the sharing plate idea has been in the Basque country for it's, like a hundred years. Yeah. It's not like it's a new dining. idea. Yeah, it's, it's how just, you eat at home. It's, it's just kind of normal how you yeah. eat there because someone's like, oh, give me some of that like squid, you know, go yeah. on and let me see how good it is. And then they pass <laughs> it over and it's a, it's kind of funny. Like, um, but I, like if you come to Brat, like, or, you know, which you have obviously, but you kind of notice that none of the dishes are there to be like, you can't eat it from beginning to end by yourself, but then there's an element of like, you can just kind of um, blend dishes and it works. Yeah. And there's a kind of nice energy to that around the, around the dining table, I think. So, yeah. yeah. I also think like some of just the side dishes that you do, like the, the smoked hay butter potatoes mm. and yeah. the, like the, I had the charred peppers yeah. that were like insane, like simple, but like the most delicious version of that. Like I feel like I'm starting to salivate talking about it. But it's like the just having the the fish next to the tomatoes, next to the peppers, next, to, and it's just yeah. like amazing olive oils. And like, I think it's that like culmination, like you said, of bits you can kind of pull together that just makes up the most. Yeah, I think delicious. I think when I went to some of these restaurants again in Spain, where like they. Um, they, they it kind of blew my mind because they're all kind of critically acclaimed whatever some of these restaurants and then you're kind of expecting kind of because I was in the scene for quite a long time in London where you know it was very much of its time kind of like late 2000s a lot of conceptual dishes and stuff which, yeah. which is fine it's great you know like inventing what, something new yeah which is which is nothing wrong with that of course I, I, but it's more but when I went there it was kind of an eye opener again and that's just like it was the connection there's such energy coming from that kind of simple plate of grilled peppers which yeah. I thought it'd be great if we could do that in London and you know maybe transport people away for a little bit because there is a kind of I don't know if it's the right word but like transportative feel to eating totally. eating like something that's so connected to where it comes from yeah so, mm. we had um I, we had a friend's birthday um at Clemson's Arch in the summer yeah and which is your kind of second well, uh, yeah. beside this pop I think I remember you coming it was the first weekend actually uh, we were yeah. keen yeah that was no, that, <laughs> that was the first weekend and I was and it we, was like I was just it was so we outstayed our welcome no it was fantastic we, it was like, great yeah. but the fire pits were going it was yeah. and we were it was really balmy night and we like yeah I remember like yeah. at one point I think like our crossover espresso, espresso martinis kind of went into like the meal which was so wrong you know you're just like this we should like everyone was just so excited to be out so excited yeah. to be there you felt like I you were on holiday actually, yeah. and um yeah it was just like one of those nights where the food you could have been in barcelona or in basco like you could have been just been by the sea and it, it'd be one of those like perfect dinners out it was just yeah when, when um no i remember you coming out also i remember like the it was like our first weekend <laughs> we didn't really know what we were doing properly but we were hoping that it was kind of working but um you know clemson's arch is like so it's that kind of when we didn't know about 
what was going to happen with the lockdown. We, we assumed we couldn't open the restaurant for yeah. ages, right? Because just we didn't know. So we decided to find an outside space pretty quickly. And I used to run Clemson's Arch um, in 2012, 2013. That was my first pop-up yeah. to try and test dishes. Is that the dishes. burnt ends? No, so, yeah, so basically, yeah. So burnt ends was there. Then Dave, who was the chef, left to go and do his own project in Singa- um, Singapore. And yeah. then I took over, essentially. Um I'd never done this before. I'd never been a head chef or anything before. So I, but I was pretty determined. I had an idea of what I wanted to do, which is like cook, if things cooked over fire, fairly, yeah. fairly kind of simply and direct. Um, so I tested a few dishes out there and, you know, I run it for, so then when this pandemic hit, I just thought, right, okay, let's try and do that again. But yeah. with like everything I've learned in between, because yeah, yeah. I was pretty green to the whole thing when I first did it. So luckily the guys from Clemson's Arch were like, really keen and they let us go and cook there so actually you know then all i was thinking about was oh let's make this summer we called it like summer of 2020 like we wanted to have like elements of like you know summer of love we all this all the artwork is like it's like psychedelic um summer yeah summer 69 kind of uh linking to kind of a free summer the irony yeah we thought that it would be like (laughs) Everybody would be like feeling free after the lockdown, yeah, yeah. but obviously it's a bit more complex than that. But anyway, yeah. we just um, if, so if this want, has been fortuitous in some way. Yeah, well, yeah, the, but the arch over the summer did. We kind of wanted it to be like a holiday menu. I kind of wanted holiday wines, so I spoke to Noble Rot, who do our wines. Just actually, like island wines, so like Sicilian, Cypriot, um, Greek, you know, just island wines. Um, so then it's. Yeah, so then for the guys, all the guests who come, they'll feel like they're kind of away for a few hours after like pretty hard first lockdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it worked. It was really buzzy. It was like, like you said, it did feel like being on holiday. Even even, vibe, wo- yeah, yeah. even working there, like I was like, I felt like I was in a beach bar. You yeah, know? yeah. So, which was fantastic. So luckily we've um, arranged to make this permanent now. And so we're just going to just... We take again, the inside some, space as yeah, well. Yeah, so there's a few things we need to um, sort out. But like, I think it's... Because we should say they have their roastery. So it's yeah, sorry, roastery yeah, as well. Yeah, there. So yeah, will so that continue? Operating, the, yeah, so that? it's an operating roastery. So they roast coffee by day and then yeah. we have the restaurant there by night. But I like that kind of dynamism where people are doing various different things yeah, in the yeah. space. It's very different to Bratz and Shoreditch. So that's the whole point, really. So this summer we're going to do it again. And hopefully like we can kind of have another feel of like, I don't know if people will be able to go away. So I'm hoping we can oh, kind of right. create that holiday feel yeah. slightly at Bratz and then go on from there really but yeah. I don't know it's it's kind of fun even for the chefs as well you know to be cooking outside and stuff is nice so, it's, there yeah. is definitely an amazing energy there for sure um how did Brat come about um how long was it in the making um so Brat was um so the idea um how can I say it? so I was working at Kitty Fisher's yep. restaurant in Mayfair um um, I was doing my, I was kind of, that wasn't really my restaurant, yeah. which was, um, that was the, the, the owners and, uh, they gave me like a really good chance. So it was really good. I learned loads there. And, and was it, it was just like three of you in the kitchen, right? It's yeah, a it was, small... yeah, it was, it was an amazing little, uh, restaurant. Um, cause we, we opened it, you know, with a couple of, you know, at Christmas time, beautiful little like Georgian restaurant in Shepherd's Market in Mayfair. Like, I mean, there's that's like one of my favorite areas in London, that little square in Shepherd's Market. You know, it's it's so London and so old school. Like it's kind of got a magic to it. So um, 
so yeah, that, that, that restaurant did really well. Um, but I kind of still, I kind of wanted to move back east really. How long I guess, were you there? How long were you there? Um, two and a half mm-hmm. years, something else. So it wasn't like massively long, but like I kind of wanted to move back east and create a project that was a bit, bit more within my vision really. And my vision was more, as you see here, open kitchen and um, a little bit more kind of uh, Basque inspired. So yeah. So you go from head chefing for two and a half years at Casey Fisher's. Yeah, it's like huge success there. You feed everyone from David Cameron to I think Brad Pitt first oh, yeah. came there. I, people rave about um, all the celebs that came through the door, shook your hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and then you decide, okay, this you know I've, I've taken my experience from here. I want to set up my own thing. Like, how do you? How does that materialize? How? I, I guess you were the hot young chef <laughs> yeah. everyone was kind of um i, I guess a lot of buzz. yeah i mean i was it was i mean i have my i kind of had a concept in my head for a while so that was kind of there then i then we found this fantastic site here with my partners who my partners actually own a restaurant called uh, kiln and smoking goat as well which obviously great great restaurants um so they'd already opened to Cool restaurants, yeah, 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 and I and I love those restaurants. So, so we partnered up, partnered up with creating a new kind of uh, restaurant business. That was Brat. So essentially, it was a little bit of good luck timing where we all where they were free for a couple of months in the sense of they'd opened these restaurants that were kind of established, they were yeah. working, and they were like ready for the next challenge. Yeah, um, I've been friends with Ben, who's one of my partners for nine years now so we we'd actually be friends from before clemson's arch first time right right um and you know ben's worked in a variety of worlds like art world music world um so he has like very unique uh perspective on like the way things should look and everything so it's actually a fantastic like meeting of like ideas you know i had right. like maybe like i had the kind of restaurant concept in my head and then ben's influence was it, it had to bring it all together it was yeah. it was a pretty it was it's very special like um combination there so um so so I, was, I finished kitty fishes and we spent about a year researching this and then i called it brats um it kind of came up from i love the sirens just knowing that we're yeah. still like east london east it's london, still yeah, like exactly. constant sirens i know right it's um it's yeah it's a bit quieter than normal but still yeah. loads of sirens <laughs> this um so yeah, like the concept, we were thinking about it. And then we came to look at this strip club and uh, everything was still here when we came to look at it. So that was quite interesting. And, so they had uh, closed it down at this point or was this a meeting yeah, no, no, that no, ended no, in the strip de- club? Def- <laughs> no, no, no definitely, it was definitely closed down. <laughs> no, right, right. No, it's, um, no, it's cool. They were they're really nice people that owned it, actually. They were, they, um, and then they, uh, yeah, we had a look around and it was such a, a cool space. You know, yeah. it's really old. It's full of history. This two building is goes back decades and you know it used to be a bacon factory then it was a tea tea building right, right yeah. um Lip- lipton tea i think right and was then it? yeah and then so it's just got so much history and like i i do love like the thing about london is it does have spaces like this which are you know they can be centuries old right yeah where some of the capitals or some cities don't have that which yeah. um so i'm always if we're looking for spaces i wanted to have something uniquely london that's kind yeah. of cool um so we found the space, we were happy with it and decided to move on from there, really. Um, Do you feel like it came yeah. together quite quickly? Cause that- yeah, I think so. Yeah, it came. Yeah, I think it did. I mean, I think there's there's, there's an element of luck there slightly. Yeah. And then there's also this right place, right time there. But, that, you know, it's also, it had been brewing for a while, right. you know, like if you think 
Ben and I have been friends since before Clemson's. Yeah, yeah. And he was cooking at Clemson's with me some days. Right. So we'd already been talking about okay. things, you know. So you've been plotting. Yeah. But where, do you, where do you get like the, I guess the, not, I guess where do you get the confidence and the ambition and the mm. drive to be like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm good enough to have my own restaurant. This is what yeah. I want to do. Let's make it happen. Like this is going to be a success. Like, yeah. Um, because that's quite a ballsy yeah, thing think, to do. I don't know. It's not, I've never really thought about like, is it going to be good enough? Because I've never really had that kind of thought. I just, to me, it's just like a natural, I, I started cooking because I wanted to open a restaurant for, you right, know, right. and have people come. So I never really thought, is it going to be good enough? I just, that was what I wanted to do. You know, so I wanted to open a restaurant and I wanted to, to you know, kind of carry out this, uh, I wanted to have this, I had this concept in my head, yeah. but I never really thought, is it going to be good enough? Because I just thought like, if I do it with conviction and integrity that like, hopefully like the rest of it will follow. Yeah. I mean, did you also I, I know, not naively, but you know, I no. just thought if I try, if I work hard enough at it, hopefully people are like, it. Yeah. so I just, yeah. And did you recognize that there was a gap in like the London food scene? Cause I, I don't think I could liken this to I don't know which other restaurant I would say this is like. No, I didn't. I didn't look at it in the sense of like filling a gap. I just thought that I just the way I thought about it was like I wanted to eat that Basque food. Yeah. And there's nowhere to do it, <laughs> so I just thought I'd open it. You know, yeah, so yeah. In, in yeah. a simplistic way, I was thinking, you know, the only place I can go sometimes that makes me feel like it's like River Cafe. Sometimes, like they they manage to capture that. Yeah. 100%. Um, where I'm sure at one point in their history you know, you'd go on holiday to Italy and come back and be like, I just want to eat that Taglarini again. But like at that time, there wouldn't be that many places. So yeah. River Cafe opened it. Yeah. And now it's obviously like, you know, one of the best restaurants in the world and one of the most beautiful places to be. So yeah. there's a, you know, we're not River Cafe, but there's definitely big influence in the way that they approached opening a restaurant to here in my eyes. Yeah. And, um, do you still eat the dishes you serve here with that same appreciation? Yeah, one hundred. Yeah, I do. When I come here, I, you know, like I come here to eat for say people's birthdays, and I join them and stuff. I still like the guys are all constantly improving it as well. That's the thing. They 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 actually are. You know, it's developing in them. Um, and I think that one thing about changing the menu every day, which we don't do, but we don't change the whole menu every day. Um, that's fine, but you're like those dishes are not really going to improve, are they? Because like you're just changing it. Yeah. So for us, for me, it's like having the entry bed on a lot. You know, not rarely taking it off means they get better and better and better. Yeah. So I'd like to idea of like Brat to be a restaurant that just gets better and better, not necessarily like constantly changing, but constantly getting better. So yeah. when you're so if you come for the entry bed, when you like I don't know six months later you come and you like. Which well, I, I will. Yeah, you didn't believe. Yeah, you couldn't believe it got. It could get better, but it does. And I think yeah. that's. I think there's something really nice about that. Like you know, and again, like St John's did it quite a lot. The restaurant yeah. that I really like, they, you know, they they kind of have those dishes where you go back for, and actually they get better a lot of the time. So yeah, I think mm. there's nothing worse if you go back to somewhere and you've really remembered it being a certain mm. way in that one dish, or and then yeah. there's that level of disappointment. You're like, oh, that's not it's not what it was or yeah that is quite scary because like to be honest with you like that's because it's a constantly moving thing right it's full of human beings the restaurant so it's like it is like consistency like on actually growing it is it's quite tricky sometimes because yeah. it's just people running it at the end of the day right and, and how so, like how um in terms of how you train your chefs and how you work with them, like, you know, how Gordon Ramsay are you with them? How strict, how, oh, no, what's I the... I'm not, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not very Gordon Ramsay. I think it's more <laughs> like, um, 
how can I say? No, I think, again, I'm going to use River Cafe as an example again. Like their leadership in that restaurant was really inspiring. You know, right. I'd worked in quite a lot of um, certain approach restaurants beforehand right. so where they <laughs> use like, you know, f- f- quite a fierce approach, kind of military style, which is, which has its place, I'm sure, like, you know, but that, but then I was at River Cafe, the way that Ruth and like used to lead it was quite, um, you know, just leading by example and also just like, uh, supportive and developing was was so important to her. Right. Like she she was trying to you know they're trying to create legacy there as well. So of like how many people come back there or stay there. It's just um, I mean she she treats it. I feel like there's quite a lot of family like feel to it, um, which is bright. We're trying to create that a little bit. But yeah, there's there's um it's an open kitchen as well. So there's not much shouting going on. You know, that's, you know, that's, can't really get away with it. So it's, uh, You it's, seem uh, pretty chill though. You've got quite a, like, I always think of you as quite a calm person. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good that, I'm, that, that comes across. Um, what your, what dish you most proud of on the menu? Uh, what do you, what would you pick out and eat? What's the one dish? I feel like it has to be the turbot, but is it? Yeah, no, it's more, okay. The turbot is one of those things where like, it's kind of, I guess it's a signature dish, but then it's like, it, you know, it's just, um, I am proud that we, well, we were able to serve it in a, in, in, a, in a way that, it actually it's very different to the style that you have in the Basque country. So I'm kind of glad that it's become its own thing. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of pr- proud of that. You know, I'm, I love, you know, it's nice that like the team come in and eat a lot and they eat a lot of the menu and that's really encouraging for me to see because, yeah. It means that they've cooked it all day, but they also love like eating it, which is really exciting. You know, yeah. so I mean, I don't think it's one dish that I'm super proud of. It's more just like the way it's all come together. I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite proud of um, that we created the restaurant that, like, yeah, the team want to come to. You know, it's, yeah. it's, kind, of, it's kind of cool. That's a good way to gauge it. Mm. The you present the turbot to like I've seen yeah. you in here. Like you take the turbot mm. out. Is it just the turbot that you take to table? Yeah, is no, it? we take the yeah. We, it's again. So the, again, to talk about the Basque country, they. That's something they do there. So they take the, well, they do it in lots of countries, but that's yeah. where I really saw it where, um, you know, you take a fish over normally and if you just leave it there, that's fine. But it's kind of nice to just kind of explain to people like the different parts of the fish, totally. why they taste differently, how suggested ways of eating it, like why it's particularly fatty this side um, and kind of like all the, all the kind of, okay, so it's kind of how we, how you have like a whole, whole roast chicken where, you know, you can eat the kind of normal bit essentially, yeah. but if you kind of flip it over, you can have the oysters and then you can find all the kind of brown meat and you just kind of, you know, I think with chickens and stuff, we're kind of used to it because we've all cooked them really. Or, yeah. you know, if you're, you know, generally lots of people have cooked chickens for their lives, but with a whole fish, I think it's quite intimidating yeah, just to plonk be. a whole fish in somebody yeah, yeah. in front of somebody. So I think the chef going over and just giving a few heads up of how to approach this, where it's a nice tasty bits, why it's tasty. I think most people enjoy that totally. because it just means that like, you know, it's uh, the last thing I want is people kind of intimidated coming to the restaurant because yeah. it's like, it's, you know, there's just nothing worse than that. Cause, yeah. um, and it's not yeah. that vibe. It's so far from that, which is one yeah. of the things I appreciate most about it. Yeah. Cause I think, yeah, I think sometimes that can overrule your experience and how you remember a dining experience. If it feels too stuffy, I think, I don't know, for me yeah, personally, I don't always love it. Yeah, it's, yeah, sometimes it's a different it's, experience. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, that's it, right? I just kind of wanted to. Just, I think it makes the focus be so much more on the food. Yeah. I don't know. Like, but also what do you, like that connection with, between you 
coming out and, and kind of greeting and interacting with people at that table at their table, I think is a really nice way to kind of connect with your customers. Does it feel like that is part of the experience and what you wanted to create? Uh, yeah, 100%. Again, it's it's like going back to um, these family restaurants. Like, yeah. This is really designed on like family restaurants, essentially, like in, the, in like when you get um, uh, a lot of them on the continent where like they kind of set up in their houses, essentially. They live on the premises. So when you eat in their restaurant, you're kind of in their living room right. and the kitchen tables, op- the kitchen is kind of open like it is here. And the kind of pass the kind of table we have in the middle of the, the kitchen does look like a like a someone's table, you know, in the country kind yeah, of yeah. country house. So coming out just seems like the natural thing, you know, just coming out and just like speaking to the guests about what you're eating, what you know, what do you want to eat? Like you know, that kind of seems like it's just a natural thing to be doing yeah. to me. I, I I find it it's quite an, you know if you think about the idea of having like front of house and kitchen separate it's quite a when you think about it it's quite an odd thing you know it's kind of nicer to have that you know everyone can just i don't really want it to feel like um there's a split there yeah um i think to talk about st john's they do that really well because they all wear whites right yeah so you the front of house wear white and the kitchen wear white wears white so you don't really know which one's which yeah which i think is great yeah because like everyone's just it feels like a very dynamic space because of that so yeah um have like i guess with the restaurant having been closed has it been an opportunity for you to rework dishes or to kind of be developing new dishes how much have you been back in the kitchen or yeah we've been trying to do a few projects just as we've been closed nothing like major takeaways but we did a few few pickup things so we did uh at clemson's before christmas we did like a pickup restaurant where we did kind of whole fish grilled takeaway and you know next week we're going to do like a, a cheesecake pickup shop just for one day only and that's more just for team engagement really and just to kind of uh, train some of the new team uh, sorry train some of the staff who don't know how to make the cheesecakes yeah. for instance how to make them i just thought it's a really good 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 like time because a lot of the time in kitchens you're in and it's non-stop from the yeah. moment you get into you finish so so that's what we've been working on really is just like exposing more of the team to our kind of dishes so um so the front of the house will be here as well helping us put it together so it's not necessarily new dishes because yeah. to be honest when we create new dishes, the creativity for I, I actually prefer the pressure of service to create. I like I like to have the boundaries and I like to be in service. That's how I feel like we create much better. I think we all bounce off each other in a much yeah. better way. That's how Brat's been since day one, in the sense of like we'll make new dishes in service. Right. And we'll taste them in the back or something. Because I think there's an energy to that. Everyone's oh kind of it's kind of a nice You're making vibe. making me nervous the thought of that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it is, it is, it is, it, but it, it keeps everyone on their toes. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. nice. <laughs> and how much of an input does everyone within the team have? Like, are you quite open to... Yeah, yeah kind of. I mean, it's... You, yeah, I think because everything comes off the fire right here. So we, so we, um, I don't really hide things, you know, it's not like I have this secret lab or like a production kitchen hidden away where I... Have you got working. a fire pit at home? Oh yes, yeah, a few of them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So me and me and my son will try a few things on there, mainly marshmallows and like. <laughs> we were trying to do one thing, and he just squirted the whole thing of olive oil all over the fire, which went like crazy pretty dangerous. But it was, yeah, it's good. It's good <laughs> fun. He learned quickly about like fire, but yeah, um, yeah. So it's not like we have this kind of like uh, like lab where we come up with dishes and then present them to the team and then they go and execute. It's very much a team thing, and right, right. we bounce off each other. So yeah. 
which chefs do you find the most inspiring or which chefs do you um, feel have kind of helped you along your way or has there been anyone that's really stood out for you? I feel like... Yeah, I think there's, 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 they're not necessarily like just chefs. I like, I just follow them as chefs. It's more like what they've created. So they're restaurants more yeah. than the chefs, you know? So obviously, um, you know, I admire lots of chefs in different ways. But, you know, if I look at like restaurants they've set up and the culture they've built up around them, that's when the real inspiration comes in. You know, right, I right. think like, you know, again, Ruth Rogers of River Cafe and Rose, um, you know, you have St. John's. Um, and Fergus, but it's more like what they've created that like, culture wise that I find really like cooking styles. Uh, that's fine. I mean, I can look at like so many cookbooks for that, you know, it's like, yes. you're not going to, you know, but I just like the way they've built up their teams and you built up an ethos, very clear vision. Um, yeah. I think people respect that and enjoy like somewhere with clarity of vision a little yeah. bit. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, there's there's a, there's a ton of things out there which you can get small inspirations from. But yeah, it's mainly those restaurants, really. I would say. And do you? How do you kind of balance your time? Like, how much do you travel to kind of get inspiration to learn? Yeah. Like, I know we've kind of spoken about Japan yeah, previously. Yeah. Like, how much? Um, how I'm, I tra- is well, that you? before the kids we used to do quite a lot of traveling, but now it's a little bit different. But I think it's more. I, I try to eat quite a lot, and if I can't go, I. St- Try and I encourage my young chefs to go because then they can tell me. So like, <laughs> try and live it through them. No, but yeah. you know, it, it's it's true. Like we try to send our teams constantly to places. So we take outside the team, of London. Yeah, yeah, we take the teams to the Basque Country like three times a year. That's what we did before the pandemic. Obviously, yeah, two or three times. Yeah, so we, in batches, obviously. So yeah, we go with like maybe six or seven at a time. Yeah, because that's how you get tables. Obviously, so we, um, so we always travel with them there because. You know, there's that connection with what you're doing is one thing it makes my life much easier because, right, I can talk to them about a plate of tomatoes. In Those tomatoes yeah. you're talking about is a very dish, delicious plate of tomatoes. Yeah, but it's quite like. funny because like it's just a plate of tomatoes essentially, right? But like in rainy London, say, where you're trying to explain to them like this is, you know, it's just a plate of tomatoes. But the best thing is to just go there, go go to Spain, yeah. go go to the Basque Country and eat that plate of tomatoes and see how it feels in the context. And um and like that dish then just sparks off so many other conversations totally. um, about like simplicity in that and kind of integrity there. So, um, and also it's a lot, they're a lot of fun, right? They're, they're yeah. great for team because they, hopefully they learn a lot, but also get a few ideas of their own. So when they yeah. want to move on to their own restaurants in the future, they, they're kind of picking up ideas, writing them down yeah, and kind of you know, developing as in, in an unlike kitchen way, but more of a kind of team way, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, we travel a lot with the guys and then, you know, my business partners who have the Thai restaurants also take the teams to Thailand and everything. So quite a lot. And we travel to all the farmers and the fishermen in the UK to a lot as well. So. And tr- again, as a team. Yeah, as a team. Yeah. yeah we get the minibus and it drives to Cornwall, takes ages, but you know, it's nice. Um, what do meal times look like for you on a day off? Okay, so there's, there's probably like two answers. There's probably like a nice sunset and probably a reality let's take answer. Both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the rea- let's start with reality. So it's, yeah, if it's like, if it's, um, no, I think reality is like with the kids, it's like it's, uh, I try to make something work for everyone, right? But sometimes my wife and I will treat ourselves to like something which is exclusively ours, right? Yeah. So, which is usually quite like, um, you know, quite fairly, uh, 
like Japanese or something. I like to cook like Japanese food at home because it's quite a world away from what we do at the restaurant. Mm. Um, and it's got a sense of escapism when we eat it. It reminds me of these bars and stuff where we go and eat there. Um, but it's over lockdown. It's actually been quite cool because we do these staff boxes. So um, each week the team from Brat and Smoke and Goat and Kiln come together, well, a few of them, and they put a box together for the team to pick up. Um, it's cost price, right? So all the great produce that we get is available for the team to oh, buy right. each yeah. week. And it's actually relatively cheap. It's like 20 pounds something and you get quite a lot in the box. So then everyone goes home with this and cooks various things from it over the week. And then we kind of text in the WhatsApp group and whatever. So it's actually like some people do like funny things with it, you know, like kind of, you know, they do like takes on like, fancy dishes with it or they also or they do something really integrate and it's like it's quite a fun way of connecting with a team yeah. so to be honest, i've done some of that with it with the guys you know where i'm you know where i'm like post a picture of a ramen i made with all these vegetables from cambridge and then somebody else will go oh i raise you this and then it's like it's quite nice. fun it's yeah, like yeah. a kind of connection thing going on but yeah it's um and you know it's actually eating these vegetables and like this produce at home really feels quite special because you normally associate with just restaurants, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's quite, kind of cool. Yeah. Have, has there ever been kind of a moment where you felt intimidated by who you were cooking for or the, the circumstances or the situation, if it was like a big feasting thing or do you just kind of thrive on that energy and, uh, and the pressure? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's actually, no, you know, I don't really get intimidated. But I, I just love when people come. And I also think like people who've traveled here, I, I really appreciate it. I know yeah. it sounds, it sounds really, you know, I appreciate when people have traveled a long way to come here. That's like an amazing thing. I I, I, I do that. Yeah. I go everywhere. So to, to eat and then to have people do the same thing, I'm still not over that. I still get to be excited when I have like young chefs come in. Like that's the, you know, I actually like, you know, and it sounds really, it maybe doesn't, when I have like a bunch of young chefs on the table, like 20 year olds, you know, yeah. who are like saved because they don't probably get paid much or something. Yeah, but, and they just come to your restaurant and they spend all their money in there, which I used to do, yeah. which I probably still do. But like, and they come, I actually feel intimidated by that table because I kind of want them to then go away and be like, wow, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. And I want to like do that. So, you know, like I actually, it's not intimidation, it's more like, I really want them to have a good time. Yeah. Because I remember what it was like when I was like, had not much, you know, like when you were yeah, like, yeah. you'd go by yourself to like you Barcelona. you put a lot of pressure on that if you've saved up for a meal. Yeah, exactly. But also somewhere. like it buzzes you for the rest of the night. So I used to go to Barcelona sometimes like by myself. Yeah. I've had a day off, fly over there. You know, I didn't have much money, but then you'd kind of, you'd make it happen, right? Yeah. And then... Barcelona just, is one yeah. of those places as well where I feel like we'll go back to you time and time again because it, yeah. it feels like it has a bit of everything from like, you can be on the beach and having yeah. like a long boozy lunch, but then you can go and dip into all the little tapas bars. Yeah, and, and I'll never forget like when I used to go there and again, when I was a younger chef and I, and I would go there without much expectation because I couldn't really afford like the Michelin restaurants, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So then I'd go there and then try and get um, a bar stool at these restaurants, yeah. like kind of fairly high-end restaurants, whatever. And then it would happen randomly because I wouldn't do bookings because one, I wasn't organized enough. I was working so much. So I would just turn up and then, you know, a lot of the times these restaurants would be like, yeah, that's fine. Just go, you can go and sit at the bar and we'll send you dishes and we'll just do, and like, that was pretty cool, you know, because yeah. like, and then, then that was it. Then I was so happy. Then you're so inspired. And then yeah. after that, you're like, you're like pumped, right? You just, then you, you know, and then they speak to you a lot and then they treat, because they know like you're a young chef and then they just, 
go for probably it. give you loads of drinks stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, probably yeah. drunk when you leave it's like you kind of buzzed and yeah. like and that is a very exciting time yeah um when you're young um so i just think it's uh when you have young chefs come in i'm so excited to like, i'm thinking like i just i just want them to leave here like so happy yeah 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 and then go off to like we send them to like a cocktail bar on the co- we'll tell them like places to go where do you send them well um, so we send them to like uh satan's whiskers yeah, uh, yeah. we send them to like happiness forgets we send people to um laughing heart around the corner yeah, we, yeah. it depends what time of day but um you know and if people are wanting to go on you know they've had a good time i think that's a good gauge yeah exactly like, where it, can we go now this yeah exactly like- and it's such a buzz because yeah. um you know it's just in Shoreditch, you're quite lucky now because you've got lots of restaurants here. And then you've got a bar opening there over the road there next. And you have another restaurant, Jolene, opening down on Redchurch as well. Is uh, Jolene opening yeah, Redchurch? Yeah, on, on, on here. Then Great. you have Bao there as well. And then, so in this little, oh, you know, one okay. mile radius, yeah, yeah. you have quite a lot of restaurants. And yeah. I don't remember going to New York before and you'd have that in certain areas, right? Yeah. Where if you don't get into one, you try the next one. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah. God, there's just... I. It actually just even talking to you about this, like the the notion of traveling and traveling yeah. just to eat. Like I'm, I'm, I am that annoying person where I like plot out the restaurants that I want to go yeah. to. That I have to have this. I have to try that dish there. Or like, I don't know. There's something that is so exciting. It's just, super exciting. It's yeah. So it's yeah. Just, and remembering those like specific dishes from like that yeah. one restaurant. Like we went to Bar del Pla in Barcelona. I don't yeah. know. Have you tried that one? I'm not sure. It's, it's, and we just had this. They there was too many of us. So they gave us the set menu, and we were like, "Fine, we'll have whatever you're going to give us." And it was so. There was just like this one amazing pork dish, and, and like you know, when you just there's so you have such a vivid memory and yeah. sense of like that moment and everything that you kind of just the entire atmosphere yeah exactly i think it connects you with where you're at right so if you go to a certain country and food generally like will connect you with where you go quite quickly right so you know if, more than a lot of other things so you could go to a restaurant and immediately you you get into their culture quite quickly yeah right? and most of the time in, a, in an unpretentious kind of intimidate a non, non-intimidating way right especially if you and you really get a sense of what the country's about from yeah. the restaurants I, I think anyway yeah, yeah. Um, and it's and it's so exciting especially if you come off the plane and or if you come off the boat or whatever where you're traveling and then you kind of that first place I think it's really cool and it sets you for the rest of the trip and it's I um I think it's the I, you know I do think that food like it is definitely connects the whole world right because you don't need to talk essentially just, you just sit <laughs> you see, and you just yeah because really like even the chefs you. like I've done some collaborations I've been lucky enough to go to different parts of the world to cook and a lot of the times the chefs can't speak English and I can't speak their language. Yeah. But it doesn't really matter because like you just, just that it doesn't really matter, which is, I don't think there's many other professions that can allow that. So yeah. I always try and speak to the young chefs about like, he's actually like the most, even though it's people associate it with being like the hard, the hard job, like work loads of hours. I actually think it's the most liberating job out there because once you've got your skills, like you can travel and also you can you have this kind of unique kind of language of the rest of the world, right. which like, um, you know, you can just kind of, you already have a connection. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it, as, yeah, it can feel quite like no day off working like 20 hours a day or whatever. But I do think um, in, a, in a different way, it's quite free, you know, it's liberating, yeah. I think. Yeah. 
<laughs> so this this kind of made me laugh when I was doing my research. Um, you started out as a pot wash at Peer House Cafe, oh, yeah. or was it a kitchen boy at Ye Old Bull's Head? I've got conflicting research. When like where yeah, I don't was remember. Your... It's probably whatever it would take me. Really, it's basically my mum would just be like, "Right, you're going out to work now. Like you're not." <laughs> what like, age was that? Yeah, it's probably probably young. You know, probably probably underage to be honest. But yeah, like, I was I was definitely fourteen. When yeah, I had yeah, my I was first, probably like... thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, probably. I mean, to be honest, it was mainly my mum would be like not going to pay for like look anyone to look after you over the summer holidays so you're going to have to start working yeah so yeah. no so it, yeah in those bars so we're not sure which no it's it, they were basically opposite <laughs> each other so i'll probably do oh, bits really? of both, oh, okay, yeah. okay. but yeah bimara is a small little uh, village so um seaside town in in wales which um, is cool um just talking about um growing up in anglesey northern northern wales what was there any kind of foodie influences did you have a appreciation of food and produce at a young age um you know like a at the time, I thought not. And also I thought when I was going through my like kind of chef training, essentially I thought there wasn't anything in there. But now it's like, you know, it's actually a lot more of it is actually more relevant. So mm. it's like where we cook here, like, um, you know, the connections like the seaside towns I used to grow up, but we grew up in, you know, that's just grew up on like that connection is still there in my head. You know, the yeah. smell of the sea, the way that the, the shellfish we used to get the fish we used to get like it's certainly in your brain like you've got these deep connections um but like it's not known as like kind of a foodie country essentially Wales yeah. it doesn't have didn't it, it's getting like there's a lot more of it happening now but it ha- wasn't really when I was growing up you know it's pretty yeah. much like you know you just um have great produce there and you kind of take it for granted that it's just like simple soups and things like this it's quite like peasant dishes yeah but um i think a lot more people are celebrating what whales do now which i think is yeah it's great and you know we try to use a few uh, quite a few product uh, products here as well yeah and what um what are the key pieces of produce or that you um so the key things from us is, um is is seaweeds right they yeah. have amazing seaweeds they use a, a, a specific type which is called lava bread and yeah. we use it in a lot of dishes here so it's like kind of a, a weird dish right so a traditional welsh breakfast is like pulped seaweed on toast okay with cockles and bacon okay that's like and the a, cockles are cooked yeah cockles are cooked yeah cockles so it's like so you piece of toast pulped like spread of this gloopy seaweed called lava bread bacon. you're not selling it yeah yeah i know, <laughs> like, I know right imagine, i'm ima- just thinking like, like cockles on- over and then and then uh, that is like a predominantly like a swansea base like breakfast but you know it's kind of a welsh breakfast it's quite intense yeah it's um, kind of a wake up like, yeah, in my mind you're like, yeah, you're yeah, awake. yeah it can go either way i think i think it's like give you energize you for the day or send you the other way I yeah think. So, but um and on a hangover yeah like, exactly could you, yeah. i don't know if i could handle that no no it's not a good it's not it's not a good good idea but um <laughs> so that's like very traditional if you google like welsh breakfast that's what you'll see yeah so anyway we do like a version of that at the restaurant. We do like a Welsh porridge, but we right. use these oats and we use like lava bread, cockles and bacon through it. I want um, to try that. I love, because yeah. in my mind it's a bit like a congee. But exactly. It's, it literally okay. is the congee style. Yeah. But we use um, oats and we use this fermented grain from Greece called trachanas, which is a, like they use it to make porridge basically right. in Greece. Okay. And it's a bit more complex than normal porridge. Anyway, um, so I guess that's like, a homage to that breakfast yeah, so, yeah. um yeah and then we use you know we we use dairy and we use those kind of like you know this um flowers actually like they, a lot of flour from there because they have very good mills yeah because i read somewhere you know, the bread bowl of 
Yeah, well, it's, uh, the, the bread bowl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, bread bowl, yeah. flowers. It's yeah, just yeah. the bread bowl. Yeah, I think it's like um, um, they have a lot of these water mills, you know, like right. so that grind flour with yeah, water. Yeah. Uh, so then they that's, that's quite cool. I think a lot of farms are like small scale there, so they produce these amazing flowers that are really good for you actually. So um, have a lot of nutrients in there. Um, yeah, yeah. But like, there's a few bits we use from there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's mainly from the, the whole of the UK, really. Yeah. So one of the things that um, you as a restaurant really champion is traceability and sustainability, mm. um, making kind of at the forefront of your menu. or um, And you kind of mentioned that on your menu and on your website. Oh, yeah. um, how key is that to the dishes that you're producing and how much of a challenge is it? Um, so sustainability and traceability. I think traceability is, is, is in turn like linked to the sustainability, really. Yeah. I think it's... it's um, we would like to, so we try. We try our best to like to get the most sustainable produce up, um, for obvious reasons. But yeah. like, it's the menu's not really built around sustainability. It's more like the pro, the menu's written. We can make dishes, and then we'll try and find the most sustainable produce to make for that sure. dish. Right. So it's not like it's not driven by what's the most sustainable. Like, it's more like we will like come up with a dish and then yeah fill it with uh, we'll go when we we'll go out there and speak to the fishermen to the to the growers and ask them what can we do or what can we take from you that yeah. has this kind of flavor profile that would help you and so it's it's a bit of a like a two-way thing because also it's you know this um we just listened a lot to the fishermen and the and the and the, and the producers. So Are you on first name terms with with fishermen. Yeah, it's it, like WhatsApps. It's just absolutely crazy. Like it's just like so many WhatsApps from because like the I way bet we, they love you. Well, no, it's <laughs> we, it's kind of the new thing, right? Because like when they're on the fishing boats at like five four a.m. Are you up and in contact? Well, no, you're not. No, not that early, but with Live the kids streaming. sometimes. But they, they literally like they they're on the boats. They pull this stuff in, whatever it may be, crabs or fish. And they'll literally send you pictures on WhatsApp. They're like, do you want this? Do you want this? Wow. And like, do you, you have know, to get in there quick to be like, yeah, yeah I'll take generally, it. Generally, I mean, it's it's kind of, we have groups on there. So like, it's quite like, it's like being in the market. Right, yeah, right? yeah. But it's just on WhatsApp now. So, yeah. so like you get like, you know, sometimes if you're like, if I miss the, if I miss them, I'll wake up and there's like 50 WhatsApps of like different, like, do you want these gradicchios? Do you want these uh, spider crabs? Do you want, we've got these like, um, pigeons like yeah yeah and it's fantastic it's just like a new world of because yeah. when i was starting to cook we didn't have any of this right so um so it's definitely cool because it means that again i'm not it's sustainability it's like it's more that connection is really important because like by listening to them you're essentially like that is just Trying, that's a sustainability thing you know to me yeah. i'm just trying to if i listen to what they say if i listen to what works for them financially economically and for the environment and are they all quite kind of environmentally minded yeah, well yeah when I mean, we, we generally we only work with people who are like who are. Uh, specific so they so we only day boats for instance for fish so they so they target what they're catching they don't right. just trawl yeah, the yeah. whole thing so you know we obviously only work with people who like have good practice or as much yeah. as good practice as we believe is Right, and therefore we we trust them as well. Yeah. You know, I listen to what they say. Um, uh, uh, so, because you know, when we're sitting here in London, it's all good to, for me to spout like sustainability. But like, you know, the, they're on the front line. Like, yeah. I want to hear what they say and stuff. Yeah, you know, I want to hear like, you know, how how it all works. That really, because it's 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 um, I, I, that connection is so important. Totally. And um, you got your first Michelin star seven months in. 
yeah to opening brat was that the yeah. goal was that no one? no, no, no. I don't know. that was completely surprising i think we were all surprised i think at that i think at that time it was like i don't know okay so the michelin thing is you know it's kind of mystique right when you're growing up and when you're like cooking different restaurants some restaurants i think are like it's you don't know what it means right you don't know yeah, how yeah. it works but it's just <laughs> this mystery behind it yeah yeah um I never thought, you know, you would get a Michelin star and stuff. So I never thought, you know, I never thought we would. But I mean, it's fantastic. I really, it's so nice to have recognition. But like I never thought, you know, after like six, seven months of being open. So that. Did it change the business? Did it uh, change how? No, no, no. Because you're already crazy busy. Like I. Yeah, it's not that. It's more, it was just nice. It's great for the team. You know, it's fantastic to, to know that people are like, would like where we're going. And like, yeah. Because like six months in, there's like a heck of a lot of work to do. So we were like still. Still ironing stuff out. Yeah. And it was a buzz, you know, it was really fun. I mean, it meant that we were, you know, we were always going to do what we're doing here. So I'm just hoping that, I'm very glad that they, like, you know, whoever they are at Michigan that enjoyed it. <laughs> um, but no, it's really cool. Like, I, I think it's, you know, it kind of reassures people also, you know, a lot of my family, some of them don't even, you know, they, they kind of know what I do here. But like sometimes when you get a star like or something like that, they kind of go, oh, right, you actually got a oh, decent restaurant. Chef. Yeah, you got a decent restaurant. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, okay. So it helped with those conversations a yeah, little yeah. bit. It like stopped them asking me when I'm going to get a proper job and stuff. So. Oh, my, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, are oh, you still doing that cooking stuff? I'm like, yep, yep. No, just, yeah, it's doing all right now. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. No, it's cool. Yeah. Um, I guess kind of carrying on from getting that first Michelin star, you know, what are you most proud of? Is it the star? Is it the restaurant as a whole? Like what feels like your biggest achievement to date? Um, so, uh, I don't know. So yeah, it's a hard, I, I know. It's, yeah, it's quite harder because I think it's, it's just definitely creating a space that, um, you get a variety of guests. I think that was really important. Like I look at the restaurant, um, every day of the week when I'm on the past there and looking around, I'm looking at the kind of the variety of people that come and I think it's pretty cool because um, um, I just, you know, I, I want it to be exciting on many levels. Yeah. I think those people kind of get that. So when I'm looking, I'm like, oh, this is a, it's a place that I want to eat. I'm yeah. really happy about that. The staff come in and eat. I'm really happy as well. I'm also really proud of what we did with Clemson's Arch. Like we thought we'd have to like, we, we didn't know what we were going to do. We thought we'd have to like, all the staff would have to be let go or something. Cause you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. We, yeah, there, was yeah. a, there was a period where most restaurants were like going, what are we going to do? Yeah. Yeah. But look, I'm proud that we've managed to turn that restaurant around within, you know, about a month or so and then start a whole new restaurant, which is super busy, which means all the team, like, well, we actually employed 30 more people, but yeah. also we kept everyone's jobs and then we employed. So but to be honest, it's probably that progression from like opening to having a solid team here that was strong enough to open another site, yeah. you know, within three years. That's I think that's like pretty, so pretty impressive. yeah, well, it's just, I think that was the, that's probably what I'm most proud of, you know, like it's a thing that's been really cool. And then the yeah. team and the se team seemed quite happy as well to, yeah. to be involved. So, And for Kimpson's Arch, what's the kind of plans moving forward? That's going to be mm. a kind of, well, it'll be, it'll be open all year round, right? Yeah. Yeah. It'll yeah. Be all, yeah. All year round. We're going to set up a kind of, um, a, a kind of bakery set up inside oh my God, so that will like we can make our breads <laughs> we can, oh, okay um, but to sell as a bakery or to just for it in i don't know yet it's still um i just I love think, this that i need to know to monitor my own kind of yeah. consumption of baked goods yeah <laughs> like, 
Yeah, no, is I this think somewhere it's, uh, else I need to go and buy all the bread? Yeah, we'll just do a specific anchovy bread restaurant. No, I think it's... I know, I, uh, yeah, like, I think that bread is good. so good. It is, it, yeah, I know it is, right? Every time I eat it, I'm always like, shit, that's good. That's <laughs> like, so good. And, and the gyros with the truffle. Oh, yeah, it's I'm tasty, like, yeah. It's, yeah. I just feel like the, it is genuine, simple pleasures that yeah. I spent a lot of time thinking <laughs> about those dishes. No, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I honestly, I think that they're tasty. Yeah, I, every time I come in, I order them and I'm just like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's thank God good. it's very tasty, <laughs> even though we serve like thousands of them. But then but, the uh, smoked hay butter. Yeah. Is that if I got that right? So, yeah, so it's, it's kind of, um, they- you know, like, actually like those... Because it's caramelly, it's like yeah. So sweet, so when you yeah, so I don't know how much you want to know about it, but basically because you, you go like quite nerdy into it, but then you can go like so. When I was in, um, I only worked with Noma for a short amount of time. I was a bit more like it was like more of like a stage thing, yeah. you know, like an internship. And do you thing. do those it's, things for free? Do you just apply? yeah? Some of them are. Some of them are half paid. Some, but you know, there's yeah. always ways about it. But like I, you know, it's great. I was there for. a a very formative time and I, know I love being in Copenhagen it's buzzing it is yeah. cool um, but like when they don't use anything from uh, from abroad right they don't right. import anything so they wanted to make puddings there and they didn't have vanilla right because they don't use vanilla Noma right well they didn't and okay they, which and would they, make sense yeah so they would use hay instead right. so they smoke to they the sort of toast that yeah toast the hay and then infuse it into what they were doing I think this is right um, but in this kind of but it, because when you toast hay it becomes very vanilla-ish and it tastes like uh, biscuits yeah. and like um, pastry basically you know yeah vanilla pastry so I always remember that as, you know it's also like very 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 traditional is to use hay right for cooking it's the oldest thing ever yeah yeah so it's course, nothing I, it's nothing yeah, yeah. new so a lot of the so but I loved that when I was there and I remember so when we came to opening this I really wanted to do the kind of a, a smoke like a smoked kind of vanilla-y butter, but yeah. not vanilla, you know what I mean? So sweet, tastes like tastes like brown butter, but like with hay. It's, so it's, again, it's like fairly simple, but like there's a lot of like, there's a lot of tradition that goes into it, yeah. but also like, I guess like technique as well. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like... So I think we need, to, we were going to open uh, more restaurants or such, but not so much like, they could just be, like I said, bakeries or, um, but like it's more just, um so the team have something to aim for right i would love like to be able to put some of the chefs or front of house people who have developed with us in their own sites and develop them and with slightly different with what we right. do but like just so then they're kind of growing and developing and then be able to look back and then you have four or five restaurants or whatever or projects where the team's that um have all worked together to get there you know so you look over and you've got all like people have trained that would make me quite happy you know it's like when you go to uh, for instance copenhagen you know there's lots of offshoots of noma i mean yeah. there's lo- i mean noma's you know everyone not- has worked with noma yeah, wherever yeah. You, whoever you talk to they're like well yeah I, you know ex-noma chef <laughs> yeah exactly it's one that i mean it's i mean we are no i'm not comparing ourselves to noma but it's more like i just think you know I'd, it's kind of nice if you can um give opportunities to loads of other people off the back of the restaurant so i guess the best so you make brad the better like their chances of growing is and then you have these little like sites very selfless uh well it is and it isn't right because it means that like it means that the business is doing well yeah yeah and you get to eat those restaurants yeah exactly (laughs) and it's exciting for me because it means that like i'm learning from all the young 
kids because they're going to be obviously younger than me later on. You know, yeah, yeah. So I'm just like get to eat in their restaurants, develop with their restaurants, what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and then also like, you know, doing, and then also it's traveling as well, right? You know, like cooking and traveling is is, is why most people start, you know, yeah. is to travel different cultures, developing diversity in the teams. Like it's just, like I said, it's so liberating. You know, like it's lots of, lots of people have like, like I said, it is quite a liberating job, you know? Yeah. Like I think it's cool. I think a lot of the creative world is uh, has sometimes quite bad press about like working like unsocial hours, like unsocial hours. For, but like, I think it's, you do get to travel and like see different cultures and mix with diverse crowds. And I think yeah. it's cool. I think that's, and also I think we all probably need that right now as well after being like kind of, locked up for a bit so it's like i feel like i can't eat like to just comprehend that we've just lost like we were just saying we've just lost uh, it a yeah. year just yeah, like it's going, quite strange yeah, it's strange yeah, yeah, but yeah. also in a way i think like many good things have come from it in terms of slowing you know for a lot of people have slowed down and yeah right okay just yeah, taking yeah. a breath and thought about what you want to do where you want to go and yeah yeah hopefully yeah hopefully yeah i'm <laughs> just really trying to find some positive yeah. in amongst um what's been a really hard time especially for hospitality um what advice would you offer to anyone starting out and never lose perspective right i said essentially so like if you're having a hard day at work if you're not cracking something like try and put that in perspective of your whole journey right so you can get it's quite easy to get like caught up in the little things from day to day right? yeah and then i think kitchens particularly hard actually uh, because you're going in and you're producing something and it doesn't never quite seems it seems to never get quite right and then you just kind of get over and just get really annoyed about it and you just kind of it never goes anywhere so like i think it's always like keeping the perspective and like trying to step away from it for a few seconds where you can see the long-term goal here. yeah i think it's always really really important like sometimes it's good for like i think it's always um good to like set yourself a goal and work backwards a little bit so you say like i want to be a head chef of a restaurant then you kind of like work yourself backwards yeah. from there and is it about working for free in restaurants it's about getting oh, that experience um, well it if like, it's if, 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 if that's like if that's a part of your plan yeah and also it's also i just used like three credit cards when i went to noma do you know what i mean like i was like <laughs> i just like i had so much debts like just be, but i guess but you was know. that just, you were just tunnel vision. You were like, yeah. I just have and also to do I hadn't this. really done like gap years or yeah, anything yeah. like that. So I just thought, you know, like I'll do a little bit of traveling. So, But like, I think, I think there's always going to be an element of doing some things for non-financial reward, right? Yeah. Or, pay, the, or if you're trying to develop, Break into I think. Them. Yeah, like I think that's just, I think that's, that's okay. I don't think there should be exploitation of it, but like it's more, you know, if it's up to, you know, like some people go traveling, right? And they, you got to pay to go traveling. Yeah. Well, I decided to go and work somewhere. Yeah. To, nobody forced me to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. But that was like my traveling. Yeah. But I was just using, but I just put myself in a in a restaurant as my traveling. So I learned, you know, 50 different cultures work there, different, 50 different nationalities. What is that like? It's fantastic. I think it's great. I mean, it's intimidating. It's, it's, yeah, right? it's, it's completely bonkers. But like, because you don't know what you know, it's you just get you just in it. But then, for a relatively short amount of time. But like, you do. I, I feel like if you have a little plan around it, you can learn loads. But to, I think it's just like I saw it. Like I said, as my traveling. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like I just, I didn't do gap years and stuff. You know, I couldn't really afford gap years back in the day and stuff. So I just like, yeah, I just used. I used um, cooking as a form of like 
traveling the world yeah. without actually traveling the world yeah, you know, so. that's, that's not bad going yeah what's um do you find like a lot of people start, say um cooking is like quite meditative and relaxed like would you cook go home and cook to relax and or do you feel uh, like no. once you've cooked all day no, long no, you're done i don't find it like relaxing it's more just like i think i think being in the professional kitchen is more relaxing to me than at home i think because it's just like this is a kind of there's something about the way that restaurants work is really like it's when things are coming together, it's really nice. It's yeah, like, I yeah. guess, like, I think it's quite high. I feel like you, the energy, yeah. The, well, I think that's, yeah, that is one thing. Like, there probably be a lot of like adrenaline junkies yeah, yeah. in kitchens. I like, probably, yeah, yeah. I'm probably one of them, which is probably quite hard with the lockdowns, not being able to kind of do services and stuff. Saying that, the other industry has been like theater and music is probably worse than hospitality, yeah. actually, because that's probably been really tough. When London is back up and running, which restaurants are you heading straight back to? how to i'm going back to the restaurants in two ways i think so i'm going to one for like a comfort thing yeah i'm going to the others for like for the stuff i can't cook at home yeah so okay. i've cooked like most things at home over the last year you know so yeah. more than ever but there's certain cuisines and certain ways of cooking that i have like so i go to kiln right yeah i know it's my uh, kind of business partner's restaurant but i don't know how to cook thai food very well yeah and they cook, uh, on th- they cook well. yeah they cook on fire yeah they also cook with the most amazing ingredients and with a phenomenal skill i don't know how to cook that food and it blows my mind every yeah. time i go there it's really rare that i don't that I is go a to good a restaurant. countertop bar to go sit at yeah and watch it's amazing the, like, yeah. that's the spot yeah. Yeah, it is. And they have one I, vegetarian thing on the menu that my husband can have there. <laughs> I have to yeah. I really have to cajole them in. If you into let that. them know, it's like they kind of they can they always have amazing vegetables in house, so they can like yeah. just don't put the fish sauce in yeah, something yeah. on. But I think it's uh I think I like yeah, like just go to the because when I go to kiln, I have no idea what's going on. You know, and it's kind of rare now for me not to have a clue. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I know that generally cooking, you know, they'll so let but, you in but, there. Go and do a little yeah, yeah. stage there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no way. I would, I would fall to pieces. I'd be so bad. But no, it's the Thai food. It's like that's a cuisine I don't really know how to cook. Yeah, right? I have an idea, but yeah, so when I go there, it feels like I've gone back to being a young chef. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, it feels like I've gone to Thailand. Yeah, it's because it's transportative. So it's really. I go there. I feel like. I feel like high when i'm yeah, there because i'm just like it's like busy it, music's great um always interesting mad wines that like i don't we don't serve up right actually so we're different and then the food is just like it's so you know it's it's, it's it's vibrant it's alive yeah. and when i come from there it feels like i've been like uh, yeah like i'm high or something yeah. <laughs> like, it's like yeah. i walk out and i'm just like on another planet for like a bit of time and then and also being in Soho, I, you know, there's nothing. Soho is still special, even yeah. though it's like a lot of change recently. There's something still quite cool about Soho. Yeah. And being in there and being the buzz of, of like central London. Mm-hmm. It's just like cool. So probably, yeah, Kiln, that's probably like number one. That's number one. Mm. Where do you go for like Japanese? Um, this, I go to like this place in Hampstead, right? It's completely like. It's tiny yakitori bar, which is family owned for the last 30 years. Right. And it's like quite random. Yeah. yeah Jinkichi. So Jinkichi. Yeah, Jinkichi, right? It's like, if you go in there, you swear like you go to J- Japan. Jinkichi like, in Hamster. Jin, yeah, Jinkichi, yeah. So like, when you go in there, it honestly feels like a proper uh, yakitori or a izakaya bar in um so listen to that. It's really old. Oh, wow. Whereabouts in Hampstead is it? 
So this restaurant, um, Chinkichi, it's like, it's, um, it's in Hampstead, yeah. And it's kind of like a family-owned restaurant for yeah. like 30 years. And you go in there, it's quite dark, um, smoky, because it's all grilled, definitely, yeah. and some other dishes, of course. And it's kind of the closest thing to going to the izakayas and yakitori bars yeah. in Japan that you get in London. It's it's very unassuming, very lovely people. Um, oh my God, I need you know, to traditional to like list. Japanese uh, approach to service, and like it's just when you're in there, like you, you forget you're in London. Yeah, for, like the duration of the, of the meal, yeah, and it yeah. is quite random because I live quite you know I don't live that close to where it is. So going there, it's it's quite uh, it, I love it. It's um so and they have like. It's not too expensive. Yeah. Everything just feels like pretty authentic. Yeah. You know? And um, so it's, it's a cool place to go. Um, so I go there sometimes um, by myself. I want to kind of zone out or if I just have like, or like for, for a meeting where I just want to feel like we're moving ourselves slightly from East London. For a yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's, yeah. It's, it's a cool place. Amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, finally, <laughs> um, the most important part, um, what... I love that this for me is like a really important thing um, because my fridge is full of condiments. But like, how stacked is your fridge of condiments? Because I feel like it's like I don't. Is it just me? No, <laughs> it's, you're looking yeah, at it's, like no, what's, it's, what's no, currently no, in your fridge? No, especially over lockdown, it's like multiplied ten times. Yeah, because uh, it's you know like it's you're just trying to make like your home cooking like kind of it's a few more interesting things yeah, to yeah. try. Beforehand, before lockdown, it was pretty. It was kind of basic because yeah. I was like be working quite a lot, right? So, but it's really like I just go to the uh, Oriental or Asian supermarkets, yeah. um, like the ones in Shoreditch here, um, Long Dam. Long for Dan, yeah, yeah. I literally spend like I just buy like the whole rate. Like I just yeah. go to the aisles and just yeah. like. But it's so much cheaper like, to buy sesame oil in like the big. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I don't bottles. even know what I'm buying sometimes. I'm just trying to figure things out. Yeah. And then so my wife gets, you know, she looks in the fridge and there's another five different condiments yeah. in there. Okay. And I'm just like, <laughs> what's going on? So for instance, yeah, I need to, uh, but I love it again. Like there's a sense of like, when you go into those Oriental stores, like you, you kind of look transport to yeah. take it home. Don't know what it's going to taste like because I'm just trying to, get different flavors yeah um oh i like that so then you just this lots of a uh, so my fridge is there's not really one condiment that stands okay. out there but it's more just like there's you know it's, it's just like a variety of different oils and chilies with shrimp in there like yeah. ch you know chili bits or chili sauces with yeah, shrimp yeah. in there like different kinds of kick i'm not actually very good with spice actually you know i'm not that, are like, you not no i'm not i i, I love the flavor and that the, the and I what feel like the food, but it doesn't like. I'm not like the some of my friends are proper like addicted to. Yeah. I'm just I, I'm not very good at it. So I am. Um, but some things I taste it, like blows on my blows my head. So yeah, yeah. But but I, it's great. It's really exciting to try different things. So, um. So yeah, that's my that's my kind of like. If I've got a spare fifteen minutes, I'll go into the the, the long dance yeah, yeah. and just like lose. You know, just to <laughs> yeah. spend money. I don't yeah. even know what I bought. Come back, my wife's like. What's, what is this? What's this? He's yeah, gonna yeah. fill the fridge. Um, but wow. yeah, so then I just like it. It's it's cool. You just cook some rice and just like cover it with these different condiments, different days. Yeah, so it's, yeah it, it's it's cool. I'm right there with you with that. Um, the and yeah, and then the final part of the podcast, which we ask every guest, or I ask every guest, yeah. um, your go-to sandwich. Yeah. What is your go-to sandwich? As uh, 
yeah, I think it's different. Uh, sandwiches, yeah, I think we spoke about this before, but like when you're in the kitchen, you're tasting like a thousand different things like, a day, you know, or, you know, like you're yeah, tasting yeah. so many different things. You don't know if you're coming or going, you know, it's got all these different crazy things that like some things are nice, some things have got too much salt and so, you know. Yeah, yeah. So by the time it comes to like sometimes eating, like a sandwich is like the best thing and like the most simplest thing yeah. the best, right? So, um, you know, like I've got like nostalgia about cheese and pickle sandwiches from when I was younger, when I used to go on like school trips. Yeah. When I was younger, then like, I didn't even know like what pickle, you know, Branson pickle was, you know, like, and I remember first tasting it kind of blew my mind completely. It's yeah. like, it's kind of pretty exotic in one way. <laughs> I was old like, were you? Yeah, I would you say I like 20. No, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like 26. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's one of those, uh, I was just, you know, it's like vinegary, it's a bit yeah. like pickly, it's like kind of, there's a lot going in there. Like, and like, you know, growing up in West, it's like actually like feeling like, you know, it's pretty different to normal like, yeah yeah uh things but also i find it like when i'm traveling i like like the sandwich is is like quite a nice little like breathing space so sometimes i go to let's say if i'm in japan now and i go and eat in all these restaurants which is lucky because like normally i meet up with chef friends so we go to like many different types of restaurants in one day oh, try and how many all how many are you doing in one day it depends which friends. Some of them are like they want to eat in like lots of little bars. Okay. You, you can kind just pinch bar, yeah, like yeah, but like Japanese versions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you go for like a skewer here and there. Okay. And the skewers can get quite out there. You know, you're eating. I don't even know sometimes because I'm just following their lead. Right. This is cool. I love it. But sometimes you got to like sneak off to like Seven Eleven, right? And there's Seven Eleven sandwiches, which is just like white bread and like egg, and like this is a Seven <laughs> Eleven. It's like not even. You know, it's like. It's in a plastic wrapper. Yeah, you're so, not even like yeah. back at home. You would maybe think. Yeah, yeah, I just wouldn't even think about it. So I just <laughs> went, went. So after eating all these different things, like, yeah, there's been many a times where I've just like gone. I'm just gonna go, guys. I'm just gonna go like for a wonder, and I go to Seven Eleven to like kind of recalibrate, <laughs> get like a little egg sandwich, go and sit in my room or something. Like when I, and I'm like, right, cool, let's go I'm again. Back. Let's let's go. Kind of, but it's something quite comforting yeah, about yeah. it as well, especially when you're traveling. And then the other sandwich, and there's more than one sandwich here, but. I think like the club sandwich is my like go-to kind of. Do you get fancy with it or do you keep it very no, no, classic? No, super, super classic with fries. And it's one of those, again, if I'm like, there's been many times where, you know, say if you're knackered, you've been traveling, like you miss flights or you've yeah. been delayed and you get to somewhere really late. doesn't matter what hotel, if it's like a good hotel or not good hotel or whatever, everyone's always got club sandwich yeah, yeah. on the menu. And it's just like, yeah, I need one of them. Would you make that at home? Would you do yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And is it like the butter, mayo? Like you fully, yeah, you get. Yeah, and like thick bacon and like, um, and then like, if we're lucky, like very nice tomatoes, which is, you know, depends, but <laughs> probably not, probably not the case when I normally, but like, but those, like, like sandwich is like, <laughs> it's the go-to, right? Because yeah. It's yeah. just like comforting. Um, yeah. So it's just, yeah, those those kind of those home comforts. There's something. Yeah, I about, always find like, it very comforting. Yeah, yeah. I don't really get like too adventurous with them because right, I like okay. the kind of simplicity of yeah. the sandwich. Like, especially like I said, when you're like tasting stuff all day. Yeah, it's like of like it's like five minutes of just like 
just just a break for your taste buds um okay well um this has been so nice to sit and talk to you i feel like i could just talk to you for maybe another two hours um but thank you so much and i can't wait i genuinely can't wait for the restaurants to open up again and to book in all of our like we're already kind of pre-planning birthdays and you know anybody else that i can bring um, along to Brat and to Clemson's Arch. So yeah, we genuinely can't wait. But um, thank you so much Great. for joining me. No, thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you. My pleasure. Cheers. Thank you for joining me this week on The Filling. You can follow me at Anna Barnett Cooks on Instagram for exclusive visuals of my guests' fabulous kitchens and for the recipe to recreate their go-to sandwiches. And of course, subscribe to The Filling on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts.